as an entrepreneur, you eat what you catch. So you're on a day-to-day grind trying to put yourself in a position to sustain your business and scale your business. Within the corporate world, you have a machine behind your back. But usually it's, it's such a, a, a big machine that sometimes they're not as in tune or in touch with the day-to-day consumer because they're so big. So mm-hmm. I wanted to merge those worlds, bring the entrepreneurship mindset methodologies to the corporate world and vice versa, bring the strategy, the skill set and the proper planning into an entrepreneurship world. Welcome to The Art of Humanity. I'm your host, Jessica Ann. This is my podcast where you can listen for fresh perspectives with artists, leaders, authors, and your favorite entrepreneurs. You can explore creativity and consciousness, evolve your business with The Art of Humanity. Now, here's this week's episode. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening, as always, to the show. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Here's the thing. I really haven't consumed audiobooks up until recently because I prefer to use my Kindle, but audiobooks are now my main way to consume content. As listeners and readers of my book, Humanize Your Brand Know, I try to live the life of a minimalist, and I don't necessarily need or want more books. I like experiencing the brilliant insights of a book, minus the hard copy. Well, if you're like me and you love audiobooks, Audible is offering the Art of Humanity listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash artofhumanity and browse the selection of audio programs. You can download a title and start listening. It's really that simple. I like to listen to audiobooks right before bed, and the best part is that you can listen to audiobooks when you have your Wi-Fi and your phone turned off. So I choose my audiobook, turn on airplane mode, put my eye mask on, and drift off to stories. And if I can offer one recommendation, I have many, I highly recommend downloading the book of my guest today. His name is Steve Canal, and his book is The Mind of a Winner. This isn't your average bio business or brand marketing story. This is The Mind of a Winner, an audiobook about a relentless determination and rare drive into the realm where miracles are a winner's mind. The Mind of a Winner is filled with power moves and methodologies from the likes of business mogul Damon John, real estate tycoon Barbara Corcoran, sports champions and TV analysts Swin Cash and Jenny the Jet Smith, millennial genius Everett Taylor, Grammy Award winner Two Chains, creative visionary Joe Anthony, and pop fashion influencer Mary Seats. The audiobook is made with the intent to cut the learning curve and inspire a winning mindset that will put you on the path to achievement with purpose. Just go to audibletrial.com slash artofhumanity and search Mind of a Winner. We'll uncover more of Steve Canal's work in a bit. This is episode 43, and it's the very last episode of the season. I've received such great feedback from season four of my podcast. I always appreciate your comments. I received this positive comment from ThinkHub Jake on iTunes. He writes, not just marketing. Jessica does a fantastic job interviewing. I particularly enjoyed her interview with Seth Godin. She was able to pull a lot of interesting thoughts from Seth that I had not heard previously. Jessica is also very open-minded and deeply cares about listener feedback, even starting a conversation with me to understand my thoughts after I shared some of my thoughts. Make no mistake, there is something special about this one. 
Thank you so much, Jake, for that review. And yes, it's true. I do love connecting with my listeners. Jake and I ended up having a conversation about how polarizing the topic of masculine and feminine energy is. It's a delicate line to tread because many people mistake feminine for being a woman, which is not the case. The concept seems to play into the gender binary, but it's really an energy that's available to anyone. People often think the divine feminine is only for women, but in fact, everyone carries masculine and feminine wisdom and tools. And then let's talk a little bit about that word, the divine feminine. It's getting tossed around in the collective conscious. It's really believed that we're moving towards the state of higher consciousness or the golden age, and therefore we're slowly starting to see the rise of the feminine. It's an awakening that's happening within all of us, regardless of our gender. Whether we're male, female, transgender, or no gender, a new wave of consciousness is preparing to rise up, which I will definitely be addressing in season five, which the focus will be on consciousness. I can really do a whole episode alone on this topic, and you'll want to stay tuned for that if that interests you in season five. But in the meantime, if you're interested in learning more, I'll put a link to an article in the show notes, which you can find on artofhumanity.io, which stands for Input Output. If you like this podcast, leaving a five-star review on iTunes would mean the world to me and help me to gain momentum from season four as we look ahead into season five. It really only takes a few seconds. So if you could go over right now to iTunes and leave a review, I'll maybe even give you a shout out in my next episode. This season focuses on empowering the next paradigm of creativity, and this is the last episode of season four. As I mentioned, one of the topics I'm exploring in this podcast and in my next book is creativity and consciousness. My guest today is Stephen Canal. Steve and I met randomly at Soho House in New York City, and we instantly connected. We had so much in common. We're both authors and into branding and entrepreneurship. So he gave me a copy of his book, and after reading it, I knew I'd have to interview him on my podcast. In this interview, we discuss the difference between an intrapreneur and a corporatepreneur, why being an entrepreneur requires full ownership, how to build better habits. We also discuss why desire is a key determining factor to success, what he learned from traveling to all 50 states, why he spends at least three hours a day on his mindset, and Steve also provides his best book recommendations. Speaking of which, in last week's episode, I talked about the 50 books that I read in 2018. If you're interested, I'll put the link to the list in the show notes for this episode. These books are fueling the research for my next book. Anyway, it's truly an honor to bring you my guest today, Steve Canal. Let's go to the show. Steve Canal is an award-winning branding architect, author, and global motivational speaker. A self-proclaimed corporatepreneur, Steve serves as principal and CEO of the brand executive and former national community affairs lead for Miller Course. Steve desires to positively impact the lives of business professionals worldwide, prompting his exploration into authorship. His debut book, The Mind of a Winner, is a number one bestseller on Amazon. His book takes a deep dive into personal growth with the intent to cut down the learning curve of success and inspire a winning mindset that puts readers on the path to achieving success with purpose. Steve is a keynote speaker, host, and panelist. His undeniable foresight in business and engaging spin on real-world issues keeps audiences captivated, making him an in-demand speaker. Steve, thanks so much for coming on The Art of Humanity. 
Thanks for having me today. I'm super excited. Yeah, you sound so zen. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) I live the art of namaste. The art of namaste. (laughs) I dig it. So Steve, I want to call something out that really intrigued me about your bio. You call yourself a corporatepreneur, which is fascinating to me. I love calling myself an intrapreneur because I worked in the corporate world before I became an entrepreneur. And you kind of did the opposite. You call yourself a corporatepreneur because you were an entrepreneur before joining the ranks of Miller Coors. So can you walk me through a little bit about how you got started in what you do today? And I know you share some really awesome stories in your book, The Mind of a Winner. But for listeners who may be new to your work in the world, can you share a little bit about how you first got started in becoming a corporatepreneur? Absolutely. I'd do myself a disservice if I didn't really go back to the beginning because that's what got me to the to where I am today, the mindset that I have. Being in college, I went to Fordham University and I studied in psychology because I wanted to understand how people thought because I played basketball my entire life. So being an athlete, I always thought that, you know, I would handle my own marketing. You know, no matter how far I took it, I would manage that piece. So I wanted to understand how people thought so I can market to them, so I can properly package what I had to offer and deliver it in the, in the means that they want to accept because um, everybody's different. And I never want to offer um, something in a cookie-cutter cookie, cookie cutter fashion, understanding that everybody's different. Everybody has different taste buds and palates and you know how they, they take in this beautiful world. So fast forward from there, I went into entrepreneurship and started my own business, uh, having some amazing clients throughout the country, you know, working with Allstate, working with McDonald's, working with Delta. Um, And I started to understand how people thought um, on a deeper um, level because I was traveling across the the country and I've been fortunate to go to every state in the country. So I've been to North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, Utah, Maine, Florida, California, up and down. Um, and, and noticed how people thought and, and how cool this world was. And moving past that to where I am today, uh, I wanted to create an opportunity to share that insight with the world. So by me getting into the corporate world um, from being an entrepreneur, hence being an, a corporatepreneur, being able to work within a corporate space and entrepreneur and be an entrepreneur um, and manage both at the same time, Uh, was a cool experience um, within itself because as an entrepreneur, um, you eat what you catch. So you're you're on a day-to-day grind trying to put yourself in a position to sustain your business and scale your business. Within the corporate world, you have a machine behind your back. But usually it's it's such a, a, a big machine that sometimes they're not as in tune or in touch with the day-to-day consumer because they're so big. Usually their conversation is have, happening over a television or a billboard or a radio spot or you know through a, a campaign online, um, but there's really no day-to-day interaction with the actual person. So mm-hmm. um, I wanted to merge those worlds, bring the entrepreneurship mindset methodologies to the corporate world and vice versa, bring the strategy, the skill set, and planning the the proper planning into an entrepreneurship world uh, to prepare myself because as an entrepreneur, you know, I had failure, you know, because I didn't strategize. I didn't properly plan initially. Um, So when the economy went bad, you know, my business naturally went bad because I didn't 
prepared for that. Mm. Um, but putting myself through corporate America, I learned how to strategize and put strategy in place and properly plan for the future. You know, yeah. plan a, a year in, in advance, two year in advance, three year plan. So now, you know, I properly put the, that structure into the entrepreneurship world. So by making them both, you know, coincide and live together, um, I'm able, I was able to thrive within both worlds through key learnings within both. Yeah. Amen to that. Congratulations. You recently left your corporate gig. You were the former National Community Affairs lead for Miller Coors. And, you know, as you're talking, you're mentioning that you have this machine behind your back and you really um, aren't fishing every day for your food, so to speak, (laughs) to use your analogy. So walk us through the mindset that makes you feel confident and gives you the courage to put that corporate job behind you so that you can focus on building your empire? Because I'm sure I have so many listeners out there who may be in a corporate job who may want to eventually do something similar. And I'm curious to kind of get inside your brain to see really what goes down in the mind of Steve Canal. Absolutely. Um, it, it starts with confidence within self. You have to absolutely, truly believe in what you're trying to accomplish. You know, I call it pure thought. I have to absolutely believe without a doubt that what I'm doing, I have faith that it will connect with consumers. I have faith it will connect for me to have a sustainable service, you know, within the business that I currently have. Um, and that confidence comes, you know, through years and years of having success within a corporate setting, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm in corporate America, um, I can't call myself a corporate entrepreneur if I'm in corporate America and I'm barely making it by. You know, I'm having satisfactory reviews. I'm barely, you know, being viewed as somebody who's bringing value to the organization. Because when you're within corporate America, you have to take your function and your job as an entrepreneur to make it successful. Do you Go think ahead. that's more important now than ever? Or how has it changed over the years? Absolutely. It's more important now than ever because in the past, you know, within a corporate world, it's kind of the setup was different. You know, it was mandatory. I would say about 99% of jobs, you know, within that space outside of sales, you know, who has to call on, you know, accounts every day. If you're in marketing or if you're in certain roles, you had to be in an office and your boss was three doors down or, you know, right in front of you outside of your, you know, your cubicle that you're looking at them in their office. Right. Mm -hmm. So the structure was different. Um, it was more hands-on day-to-day in meetings together, you know, so we hold ourselves accountable together. Now, um, a lot of jobs, you work from home, you know, is either you're working from home or you don't, you know, you work remotely. Uh, so there's more pressure, more accountability that's on your shoulders to make sure that you're being successful within that corporate setting. If you don't take it as an entrepreneur to say, all right, this is my responsibility And every day I need to wake up at this time, get in front of the laptop, make this phone call, go take this meeting, put this plan together. Um, There's nobody, you know, (laughs) in your house sitting, you know, in your living room. That's your boss. You know, like it's (laughs) it's you. You have to take full ownership of every outcome. You have to take full ownership, you know, and that's that's what an entrepreneur is. It's just that, you know, within the corporate world, you have, your you know, your one on ones. Your, your review, yearly reviews, um, you might get a bonus. There's a lot that comes with it, you know? So if you decide not to do it, it's going to impact that. You might not have a job tomorrow, 
where in a, as an entrepreneur, you know, if you do, if you decide not to make these calls or put this plan out or, or make your business known, how are you going to eat? That, that pressure is always going to be there, but it's similar within both worlds. It's just one is a machine and one is not. Right. Yet, at least. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what I want to focus on. Um, the fact that you really need to stay human as an entrepreneur, because if you don't, you can drive yourself crazy. I mean, the hustle and the grind and that lifestyle can exhaust you and it really can lead to illness if you're not careful. So how do you really balance the fact that as an entrepreneur, you know you need to work so hard, you know you need to step up your game to another level, but at the same time, you want to maintain a healthy lifestyle? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a few things. Um, one, I'll say you have to prioritize. You have to absolutely prioritize what's most important for you at that moment in life, right? Mm-hmm. For me right now, number one is family, being my wife, my son. Yeah, you have um, the cutest family ever, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Then I, I start getting into the details of, you know, the business, right? Mm-hmm. So whenever I have to make a decision... I can live with the decision I make because I I know what my priorities are. So if I decide not to take a meeting or if I decide not to take a business trip and decide to stay home with my son and read books to him all day, you know, to help with his progression at this volatile time of being one years old and absorbing information, that's more important to me. So if I don't get a contract because of that, I can live with it because I know what's most important to me in life, Mm. right? So people need to prioritize what's most important in their life. Some might say religion is next, you know, then health and meditation and then work, you know, um, balance, you know, vacation, travel. Like you have to prioritize what's most important to you. And when you have that priority, then you can live with the decisions you make. A lot of times people can't live with those decisions because they don't prioritize. So they feel bad if they take a business trip and leave their family at home. Or they feel bad, you know, they don't, you know, if they take a vacation, um, you know, you have to prioritize what's most important. Yeah. You you have to know what that is. Yeah. I think it comes down to core values. And I think that a lot of people don't necessarily know what their core values are. And that's why there's such a disconnect with working and the work play lifestyle or the work relax Mm -hmm. lifestyle. There's a lot of hustle, a lot of focus today on hustle and grinding without really factoring in what works for you. And um, one of the factors that I like to always consider is your core value. And Danielle Laporte talks about this. And um, I interviewed her on episode 26, where, mm-hmm. you know, you find your core value and then you make your decisions based on that one or it could be up to three to five core values where it's everything gets filtered through that lens. So mm-hmm. do you have a core value? I know that I was reading an article that you were featured in by Modern Man. And when they asked to choose one word that describes you, you say visionary. Is that your core value or, or what do you do to filter your decisions from day to day? Yeah, so there's, there's a few things. Um, when in, in relation to growth and innovation, just for mankind, you know, for men, women, for us as human beings, um, I pride myself in putting people in a position to be able to be successful. So everything that I do lines back to that. The mind of a winner was me packaging things that I've learned that I know people typically don't have access to 
to be able to gain access to these methodologies and habits in order, if they want to be the best mother, if they want to be the best cook, if they want to be the best fisherman, if they want to be the best artist, um, you incorporate these methodologies and habits and it'll get you one step closer to that and hopefully reach it and sustain it over time. So mm-hmm. within Miller Coors, you know, community affairs, you know, it was big for me within economic empowerment. I call myself an economic empowerment, you know, advocate. You know, I everything that I did within that space was to help, help our community, help, you know, nonprofits understand how to work with corporate America, let, you know, um, small businesses know how to be aligned with corporate America and how to make that big brand of Millicores and it's, you know, over 36 different brands become more, you know, become more local, you know, become a, a smaller and more relatable to people. So everything that I do in, and now with the brand executive is empowering people to become the CEO of their own personal brands. Right. So yeah. everything that I do is to empower people. Yeah. So if it's not empowering, if it's not putting people in a position to be successful or grow, then I, I usually don't put myself in that position, even with meetings. You know, if, if, if it's not a benefit to you and what you're trying to accomplish or me, um, and it's just a bunch of, you know, I, I don't see the value within it, I might not take the call because I value time. Time is the most valuable, you know, resource that we have. Mm-hmm, I, yeah. I won't get that 30 minutes back or that hour back. It's not that I have anything negative about the person or the situation. I just know that that time could be spent on something else that could be beneficial. Absolutely. Um, so, and and talking know. about time, um, in your book, The Mind of a Winner, you tell a story about how you got mentored around the concept of limiting your time that you'd spend with those who did not have good habits. So, Absolutely. you know, it sounds like such an easy thing to do. But, you know, we hear so much about productivity and habits, and this concept is overlooked. And it's easy to not question our habits or who we're surrounding ourselves with because they're our friends and we go back to the day in high school or whatever. These, However, these friends are still in our lives. We don't really question why we're still friends with certain people or why we're surrounding ourselves with certain people. But when you're an entrepreneur, time and efficiency take on a whole new meaning. Do you have tips or guidance on how you can maybe rid yourself of toxic people in your life so that you can focus on building an empire. Definitely. Again, it goes back to prioritizing, but I'll go even further um, deeper into it and saying, you know, making sure it aligns with your purpose. Again, you know, like I said, you know, my purpose is to empower people, put people in a position to be successful in life, whatever they're, whatever they deem success, right. Um, Putting them closer to that. So if the people that are around you don't align with your purpose and what you're trying to accomplish. It, it doesn't mean that you don't like the person or you hate the person. It just, you know, you can have all the love in the world for that person, but it doesn't mean that you need to spend the same time that you used to in high school or college or post um, doing the things that they, they deem valuable to them. Mm-hmm. People Amen. change. It might not be the same for you anymore. So you need to identify with that and, and understand that, I don't have ill will or I don't feel negative about this person, have any you know negative thoughts about this person. It's just not my space right now, right? So I need to be more accountable for my time and spend it towards something that's going to get me closer towards my purpose or live my, you know, put me on the path to my purpose opposed to spending it with doing something that isn't. So it's being more accountable with 
the time you spend in identifying the people who are within your circle. So I would highly suggest that, you know, you get your board of advisors in, in line, you mm-hmm. know, understanding the, the, the folks that are going to help you get closer to what you're trying to accomplish. And once you identify who those five, six, seven people are, then every, you can fill in the gap with everybody else. You know, so if you say, hey, these are the seven people that are my advisors, you know, let's say one, you know, advises me or is a mentor outside of my industry just to, you know, they're on the same path as I am. And, you know, we can go back and forth and and talk about our journey. Somebody within the industry that I'm in that can give me more insight who's seasoned within that space. Somebody who has a legal background that can help with documents or, or legal advice that I may have. Um, somebody within the financial space, you know, if I have a business to to keep me aligned with that, um, and you know, two or three other people within, you know, um, your circle, your your board of advisors, mm-hmm. everybody else can fill in after that, you know. Then you can say, all right, if I have one on one with this person, you know, person number one, you know, once a month, that's you know, a day out of the calendar, and you do that seven times, that's seven days that are out of the calendar. You know, so you go from 30 days to 23 days Mm. and then, you know, you might have personal time that you want to take a vacation or spend time, you know, your, your child or your wife activities that might be going on. If they're priority on your list, number one or two, then that moves up, you know, and that can take a possible another 10 days out of your, your calendar. Now you have 13 days left, you know, I need to take business trips that might take four or five. Now the days are going down, but you're accountable. You're being accountable for your time. You know the time you're spending on these days and you're not just leaving it open for anything. For right? sure. You're being responsible with your time because, again, you don't get it back. Absolutely. And the main theme of season four is creativity. And I'm fascinated by how you talk about, you know, just diversifying your portfolio of your connections by having a finance person, an accounting person, um, all these different people that can help in various different fields of your industry, or rather that aren't experts in your industry, but they can further your goals. So how important is it to you to surround yourself with other people who may not be on the same path as you, but are maybe they're architects or people who are in a totally different field, but they're still super creative and they can give you a new lens on life in a different field than something that you can't see yourself. Is that still important to you or do you only surround yourself with people that you want to empower and that empower you? No, one of the most important things in life are transferable skills. You know, we a lot of times, you know, people go to college for a certain industry and end up working somewhere else. Um, but they had transferable skills that they learned within the industry that they were in that can go over to the, the space they're currently in. Um, and you have to you have to view life as, like that. You might be talking to an engineer and the way an engineer thinks can help you in marketing. You know, there's Absolutely. certain companies that hire engineers as marketers because of how they think and the detail that goes into their thought process into making decisions, right? So absolutely, you know, I look outside of industry to tap into people, to have dialogue and conversation about what's going on in their world. And it's up to me to make it make sense and see how that can fuse within my world or that how that can make me better as a person. And it might not necessarily be their industry. It can be their day-to-day things that they do. You know, they might wake up every day and meditate, you know, in the morning. It might be a new form of meditation or a hot yoga class that they're a part of, or, you know, destinations that they've traveled to. 
um, or restaurants that they they go to. You know, there, there's a lot of things you could tap into in, into people, you know, and what they have going on. But absolutely, innovation comes from being outside of your current box. The magic yeah. happens outside of your comfort zone. So you have to be able to have you know conversations with people who are outside of your industry who are innovative to be able to seek innovation in, into what you're trying to do within your world. I love that. And it's yes. a huge part of creativity is divergent thinking. It's seeing things that on the surface, they seem super disconnected, but then you're able to weave the threads together and see a connection between everything. It's kind of like how you were saying in the beginning of the interview that you've traveled to 50 different states. I'm sure that you've created such a huge spectrum of different types of personalities and different types of human beings on this planet based on those experience enough to know that there are so many people that don't think like you which is so key that, to good marketing so that was the most valuable one of the most valuable things i could have done yeah and I, and I was young you know i was 21 22 23 21 to 26 years old 11 months out the year i was traveling throughout the country going to different states doing events across the country and to be able to tune into that and then pull it all together to be like, this is magic right here. <laughs> like the ability to do this um, was golden, you mm -hmm. know, and, and, and to see that and to be able to pull those insights out to see, you know, the importance of that was key. And like you said, I'm thankful that I was able to see that, you know, cause a lot of people might've complained, Oh, I got to be on the road 11 months out the year. I have to go to this place again, or I have to do this. You know, I didn't see it like that. I saw it as me being able to see the world in a whole new way, you know, and meet new people um, and connect with people, uh, which is beneficial now. You could put me anywhere in the country and you could drop me in the middle of a, of a town and I'll be able to navigate and make my way through because I've been to majority of these cities. What's the most striking feature or striking state or food, whatever it is, like you've traveled 50 states. How many people can say that? So what stands out from your travels based on, you know, you study psychology, you study um, human behavior in a way that allows you to connect all the dots. What is there anything that you know, stands out from? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think it's, it's a common theme of what we've been talking about. It's the diversity of this country you know, and how how innovative and how, how different it is everywhere that you go. It's very rare that you go into one state and you see another state that's very similar to it, right? Mm, yeah. It's all very different. Like driving through Arizona and you're seeing purple rocks and orange rocks and you're seeing all this beauty within, you know, Arizona. And then, you know, driving along the Colorado River and then you get into Utah and you have all these snow-capped mountains and there's a beautiful city sitting in the middle of it, right? And that's your backdrop, you know? So yeah. that was the key to me understanding that life isn't cookie cutter. At that moment of driving, you know, throughout the country and going to different states, you know, meeting different people, you realize how this, this world is it's not made for cookie cutter. Oh, yeah. At all. Right. <laughs> and how you approach everybody should be different. How how me and my wife talk is going to be very different of how I engage with my son and how I engage with my mother and how I engage with my friends. And everybody's different. Yeah, that's such a great point. Every state is very different and it has so much to offer in, in so many ways. You know, you go to Memphis and you have a barbecue 
than, you know, you're in New Mexico or, you know, in certain parts and you're having, you know, Mexican Latino food, mm, <laughs> you yeah. know, then you go to south of Miami and you're having Haitian food and Caribbean, you know, um, you go to New York and you're having pizza. Like it's, <laughs> it's so different yeah. everywhere you go. And now I'm getting hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that was, that was key in, in, in me in that mind and my mind starting to process that. Yeah. So it almost sounds like you have to be so strong in your core beliefs, um, yet at the same time, almost like a chameleon. You're able to navigate different cultures and different ways that people think in a way. So does that make who you are as a person even stronger by having such different experiences in life? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. You know, one of the main things I talk about within the in my book, The Mind of a Winner, is I interviewed, you know, these eight different people, eight different industries, but there are common threads amongst them all. You know, there's methods and habits that were very common amongst them all, right? So it, it's, it's almost looking at one person and one mind that's able to think in all these different buckets and ways and experiences within life, but have that common thread to tie it all together, to know that yes, is very different, but to your point, my core values are gonna, are, and beliefs are this, but I'm able to adjust within them and be a chameleon knowing that there's a, you know, a higher purpose that I'm trying to achieve, but to achieve it, it takes these methods and these habits, but I have to know how to incorporate these methods and habits into my life. Time management, you know, and, and all these other, you know, uh, power moves, they could come into your life, you know, in, in different points and the importance could be at different p- parts of your life. You know, you just have to understand what it is you're, you're, you're facing right now, what you need to incorporate at that time to be better, to become better. Absolutely. One of the topics I'm exploring in terms of productivity is something you just mentioned, time management. I'm curious because as I dive deeper into this topic, I'm realizing that there's like this deeper layer to time management where Cal Newport writes about this in his book, Deep Work, where you are just so in the zen, in the flow of life that you lose track of time. So I'm curious, do you use like time tracker tools to plan your day versus how much you allow yourself like wide open space to get into the flow to create? Yeah, so it's it's a it's a combination of both, but the majority is me laying out what my day looks like, right? So if I know I have X, Y, and Z throughout the day, these hours are taken, then that allows me to say, all right, now I have, you know, three hours within a day to be creative or work on this or do that. And I allow that time to be free. And you say three hours, is that usually the, like, do you have a minimum amount of time for you to do your deep work? It it depends. It depends what I'm working on. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I was doing the book, I locked myself in a room and, you know, I I made sure that I had about three or four hours of just dumping information down because I knew that's what it would take over a period X amount of days for me to get out what I needed to get out. Right. So depending on the project will determine on the hours I allot, but every day, day to day, I try to allow at least three hours of freedom for my mind to become innovative, whether it's personal um, growth or working on a project or mentoring somebody and having that fireside chat of going back and forth, 
I allow that that allotment of time. Wow. You know, to that, be able to, to work on that. People listening might think, wow, three hours out of my day? How do I find time to allow this in my schedule? Like, how do you get to a place in your career or in your personal entrepreneurial life where you can carve out those three hours? And how crucial are those three hours per day to getting to that next level of growth? It's important for you to be able to manage it and understand who you're dealing with, right? I know that when I'm mentoring somebody or spending time with somebody that I'm learning as well. So it's not just me talking for an hour. We're going back and forth. And if it's somebody that's younger, that's innovative, that's hungry, you know, they're doing a lot of research themselves. They're learning a lot of things and they're, they're teaching me stuff as well. So it's not just me talking for an hour. It, it could be or 30 minutes. It could be us going back and forth and me asking questions. Right. But again, there's 24 hours in a day, 168 hours in a week. You know, if you can't find, you know, three hours out of 24, then, you know, you must be working on something pretty amazing. You know, sometimes we say, hey, I don't have enough time. But when you sit back, "Hmm, maybe I could have, you know, spent an hour doing X, Y and Z instead of binge watching, you know, Orange is the New Black you know, or (laughs) watching something else, you know, but when, when you're accountable and you track your time, you start to realize that, Oh, I do have these hours, you know, instead of me, I don't sleep eight hours. I'm, I might be different. I'm good with four or five hours and I'm able to fully function and be amazing. Wow. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I might sleep, go to sleep at two or three in the morning. So at 12 or 1 a.m., I might be working on something or doing something. And those are hours that are going towards my three. Right? Yeah. And then it, it, that first hour could be the very first hour when I wake up. So if I know my day gets crazy at eight, then maybe I need to wake up at six. And then seven, I do something, you know, start getting myself prepared for it. And at six, I can dedicate towards doing something else. And other people, if they want that time, they just have to adjust. You know, if, if if you want to spend or talk for 30 minutes or 15 minutes or an hour, then, you know, this is what I have to offer. You know, take it or leave it. <laughs> yeah, for you sure. Know? And I should put a disclaimer on that, that four hours is not oh, and like just knowing who you are, like four hours is not always OK for a lot of people. I know I need a lot of sleep to function in my day. So <laughs> yeah, and everybody's different. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's why this is that that's my example of what works for me. Yeah, it could be very different for somebody else. Exactly. Right? It could be middle of the day or it can be at night or it can be early in the morning. And it doesn't need to be three hours. It could be an hour, two hours, you know, an hour and a half. It's what works for you. Yeah, right? absolutely. And that's what that's what I allot in my life because again, my goal is to empower people. So I make time to empower people. Right. Yeah. In addition to, you know, what I know I need to do to bring income in or be sustainable within my business. Right. And it's management. For sure. I want to challenge a little bit about the word, your use of the word empowerment. I love that word. You empower people. It sounds so awesome. I'm curious about the balance between empowering people, because when you use that word, it's almost like the people that you're mentoring may not have that power within themselves. And I think that comes back to something you talk about in your book, desire. A desire is a strong determination to win. How does empowerment play into or 
challenge the status quo in terms of like how you uh, work with people and how you see the world. Because when you when you talk about empowerment, you have to know that the people that you're talking to have that strong desire innate within them. Yeah, I will absolutely give people an opportunity to prove themselves. You have to lay it out for me what you're trying to accomplish and how I can benefit your world. So I always tell people, people a lot of people want to help. But they can't help if you don't know what you're trying to accomplish or what you're trying to do. So I might not be right for you right now, right? But once you're aligned and you get to that point of understanding of what you're trying to accomplish and where you're trying to be and go, it could be two years down the line. It could be three years down the line. But when we do and we do connect, then it'll be great, you know? But in the meantime, you know, don't get mad at or upset at me if you don't understand. If, if you're trying to get to a point and you don't know where it is yet, I'll give you tools to work on it. And I might connect you with certain people, give you some books to read, things to look into to further align you and what you're trying to accomplish and what your purpose is. I'll ask sets of questions. Like, what are you passionate about? What do you love? What would you do without getting paid for? You know, if you can't answer those things yet, then you still have some life to live and some things to experience to get to that point, Right. And you might not be ready for what you're trying to do right now. And it might be, it might take a year or two years or five years, but I'm here when you're ready. But if you're not ready at that point, then it's up to me to decide if I want to give you that 30 minutes or that hour or that time week to week or month to month. So it's up to me to, to, to read through that and understand that. I think a lot of times people overlook that yeah, and they feel as if they have to give this time or they, they owe that person this or owe that person that. And sometimes you're doing a person a disservice, you know, because, you know, they might not be ready for it that time. You know, it's the same thing with business. You know, there is a thing of, you know, getting funding too early or getting too much funding and putting you out of business because that funding is floating your business as if it's, it's functioning properly. But once that capital runs out, then what? For you know, sure. your, your business isn't really functioning. You didn't put the proper procedures or things in place for it to be successful. You just leaned on the capital to make it, to float it until it ran out. And yeah. that's not good business, right? You have Absolutely. to put people in a position to be successful. And yeah, I think timing is so important as well. And you mentioned that you offer uh, resources and tools and books to people for them to read. And I'm a huge book nerd. So when you said book, I, you know, I lit up a bit. I'm curious, what are some books that you're currently reading that's on your radar that's helping you and helping your mindset? I'm big on tapping into different worlds. So Amen. One, is, <laughs> one is called Winning Well, mm-hmm. A Manager's Guide to Getting Results Without Losing Your Soul. I think is very important. I think people get into this thinking that they have to succeed or they have to reach by any means necessary, but by any means necessary needs to be filtered. You need to really understand what that truly means. And sometimes people will put themselves in a position to lose their soul, lose their family, lose their friends, just to achieve a certain goal. And if you're willing to do that, um, you have to live with the consequences, right? So I always try to talk to people about that. And then, you know, a book that I thought was very, you know, really cool. Um, and we're actually on tour together, myself and and Anton Bariola. He has a book called The Gray, which is a relationship etiquette study, which was very important in my growth as an individual and understanding. And we talked about this briefly before, you know, 
it's not always about me. I'm married. And when I decided to get married, it, it went from me to us. And understanding that, you know, my wife has needs as well. Amongst everything that I do and the time that I spend with people or trying to put people in a position to, to grow and be successful within their own right, I need to make sure I prioritize on us first. Because if that's not right, it will bleed into the world that I'm in and what I do. Relationships always affect business and vice versa. So it's easy to see that there is a disconnect. But if you're a creative person, everything affects the other. So that's important that you bring that up. And I'll include uh, the book that you mentioned, Winning Well, in the show notes of this episode at artofhumanity.io. Steve, so tell me what you're up to next. You're you're doing so many exciting things, and I'm excited to hear what you're going to be bringing into this world. So tell us what you're up to. Well, before we go there, I just want to make sure, you know, I shouted you out in your amazing book. Um, you know, one of the cool things that you talked about in your book that hit home for me was becoming a minimalist, <laughs> which was super cool. And you're like, you're going from 500 pieces to 100. Yeah. Um, and, and talking about, you know, becoming more engaging. I thought that was very key because I, I think, you know, to your point, a lot of people think that success is by having more. Right. Mm, it's like yeah. you need to have more and more and more and more. You know, some of the most miserable people I know are billionaires and millionaires, you know, like mm-hmm. they're miserable people, even though they have a lot of money. Right. That wasn't the key. And they'll go back to I wish I spent more time with my kids growing up or I wish I you know, spent more time with family and friends. They'll tell you the things that come down to being the most important thing to them. Right. So I just wanted to to let you know that that was really cool. Um, And I think that was something that needed to be highlighted, um, especially when people start thinking about marketing um, and how they approach the market. Because, like I said, you know, sometimes big brands need to be more localized and become smaller in order to align and connect with certain communities. So that was real cool. Yeah. Thanks so much for that shout out, Steve. (laughs) I appreciate that. So what's next? Um, So I'm currently on a book tour for The Mind of a Winner. Uh, The book tour is called Exhibit Gray. It's a a tour around the world. We've been to Toronto, New York, Atlanta twice, L.A., uh, Miami. I'll be relaunching uh, stevecanal.com with everything um, encompassing within the world that is now post-corporate America. Uh, having, you know, the features of the brand executive and what that is and, and the offerings that I have to, to those who are trying to grow within the entrepreneurship space or corporate America and climb the corporate ladder, being that I have experience within both worlds, which is awesome. Um, executive producer on my wife's new podcast called She's Got Time, which is um, an amazing new podcast, which the next episode will be released this Thursday and every Thursday after that. Uh, So I'm super excited about just everything going on within my world. In addition to that, my family's world, you know, my wife is in a good space. So both of us are are very happy um, in everything and all the new projects we have going on. Then the mind of a winner two will be coming out next year as well. But before that, the audio book for the mind of a winner will be released within the next week as well. So I'm excited about that. Congratulations on that. 
And um, I'll make sure to put links to your audiobook as well as your wife's podcast, She's Got Time, all in the show notes at artofhumanity.io. Uh, Steve, where can listeners find you online besides uh, stevecanal.com? Are you anywhere yeah, else so in that world of They can internet? find everything. <laughs> I, I try to streamline and make it easy for mm-hmm. people. So everything is Steve Canal. Cool. Um, Instagram is Steve Canal. Facebook, Steve Canal. Twitter, Steve Canal. Um, website, Steve Canal. Uh, so you can find me everywhere if you just type in Steve Canal. Sweet. Steve, thank you so much for joining me on The Art of Humanity. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. Love your energy. Love your spirit. This was great. And uh, hopefully, you know, everybody could tune in and get something from, from our chat today. You made it to the end of the podcast. This means the world to me, and I hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to hop on over to my podcast website, artofhumanity.io, for show notes or past interviews. Or you can message me on social media. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. My name is Jessica Ann, and my handle starts with an I. It's at I-T-S-J-E-S-S-I-C-A-N-N. I'd love to hear from you and learn more about what you've learned from this episode, and I'll be sure to get in touch with you. If you really love this podcast, I'd highly appreciate it if you went on iTunes right now and left a review. It helps way more than you know. Let's get the Art of Humanity movement going. Thank you for listening. Until the next episode, evolve your business with the Art of Humanity. Listen, explore, evolve. I'm Jessica Ann.